podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome back to part two for the Gentleman Stories with Ray Askew. So we've um, you've started obviously with Joe and Adam. Um, did you on that time? Because obviously I know we that you have. We've got more people in. We know we're a lot more people that have obviously been yeah. with you. Did you have anyone else that started to go around that time with Joe and Adam? Well, no, the, the, the funniest one about it all was, was so, so, so Adam's uh, t- turned pro. And then, of course, I'm also trained, helping uh, Ian train Gavin Tate. Who, yeah, yeah, that's who, it, yeah. You know, I mean, this is the lovely thing about since same as with Ian Fletton here. He had an holiday booked. And they gave Gav a chance for the Southern Area title fight right when he was on holiday and he paid thousands out for this oh. holiday. And he went to me, you take him. He goes, you know, what's the name? But I mean, you know, Ian had done the body of work there with. Yeah. And, um, I, I thought, wow, that is really something that he's trusting me. Trust with. Yeah. And I get on with Gav. I actually work for Gav now, funny enough. For <laughs> us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So he's the governor in a different one because his nickname was the governor. Yeah, well, oh. He's my governor now. <laughs> but, but anyway, um, uh, so, so anyway, you know, I, I was doing bits with Gav and we'd get on like an house on fire. We'd get on really, really well. And it was at the Coronet in, uh, where's that? The Coronet is the Coronet Theatre, is Elephant and Cars. Okay. And uh, we, they put us up in the tower like a couple of princesses because if you ever see the, <laughs> if you ever see the Coronet, it's got these, Princess towers on it. Honestly, it's an unbelievable building to be stuck in the Elephant and Castle. Anyway, they stuck us up in this room, and uh, you know, one thing we, we had a great time up there. Got fantastic story to tell you about it. Um, and uh, so, so I gave one the Southern Area title, and my mark of respect back to Ian because he'd done it. I refused to have my photograph taken with Gav in the ring yeah. because I thought. That would have been so shit for all the work he had put in at that particular time for me to be standing there with my arm raised and look at me and this bloke with a belt on. For me, that is. But that 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 wasn't the case, so we didn't do it. And late, later on, Gav did come over to me, but for, once again, it was a similar situation to Adam Dingsdale going to Ibox. Yeah. Gav was from Sheen, Sheppey, not Sheerness, but Sheppey. Um, and he was struggling. I don't know if you've ever tried to drive down the, the, the A2 there to go to Faversham. In the summer, you get stuck behind tractors. Yeah, oh, it's, yeah. it, it, it's literally a 20 minute journey that can take you an hour and a half. And so Gav's coming back from work, getting back late from work, getting in the thing, trying to get up to Faversham and, and he, he's not getting there too late. And then he's doing his stuff, then going back and training. And it was a mess. And anyway, so he agreed to, he came up to me and once again, he didn't give his blessing. Um, and, and that was that, so that was how that happened. But in the coronet thing, it's, I, I love this story. It was one of the funny stories that come out of boxing. He's won the title against, I can't remember the boxing name, um, he'd get the umper back because he's like a YouTuber or something. But, but he, he was a good, good fighter, good, great fighter. And it was a great fight, really good fight. I think it won something like, you know, it was there for one of the small fights of the year. Yeah. It was a proper fight. Have a look at it on YouTube. Chess Simmons. Um, have a look at it on YouTube. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, after the fight, it's come back. Gax sat down and we sit down and went, oh, it's brilliant. I go, Ian's going to be so pleased. I go, I know he's watching from Mexico or wherever he'd gone. And we're sitting there, there's a knock at the door. 
and this woman comes on. She goes, uh, Gavin, would you mind? Uh, we've got so and so, so and so downstairs. This, she said these two people's names. She goes, and they would love to meet you. And Gavin looked at me and I looked at him and he went, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, you know, come up. Yeah. You know, and so I had anyway, I cut all the bandages off of Gavin's hands and he's sort of he's just sitting there with his belt on the thing and he's, he's waiting for that fella from I London or whatever they're called that, to interview him. Anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, <laughs> I can't remember anyone's name, but I'm terrible for it. So I wonder I remember the people I trained names. Anyway, uh, the, 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 these two fellas come in and these dark trench coats and oh, that's just like trench coats. They were like crombies. And, uh, they come in and went, ah, oh, Gav, nice to meet you. And me, didn't like my name. <laughs> nice to meet you, bloke. <laughs> I shook me hand and I went, oh, nice to meet you. Thanks for coming up and speaking again. He's going, yeah, Gav, good fight, that, you know, it was close in points and all this, and he was chatting away to him. He's going, yeah, 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 blah, blah. And he's going, oh, you know, nice to meet you. And, and they went like that and they shut the door. Well, who were they, Gav? Well, I don't know. I ain't got the funniest. Anyway, this woman popped back in to say, oh, we uh, the fella from two interview Gav's coming up now. Oh, yeah. Uh, before you go, who, who was those two fellas? And she went, what? That is whatever the names are again, because I still can't remember them. And I went, yeah, who are they then? And she went, oh, you're joking, they're famous actors. They're in, the, I think they're in things like Football Factory or something. I don't, I don't are know, you on about know. like Danny Dyer and Hassan Hussein? That would be well, the... T- no. <laughs> no. Anyway. So we went, oh, thanks for that. Don't worry, I didn't know you were there. Shut the door. I looked around the camera and I went, no, I don't know to you. And he went, no, I don't know. I said, I've got a clue. I said, I've never watched any films. I said, I wouldn't know him anyway. He goes, no, I ain't never watched them. I goes, I said, if it had been Shrek or someone, I said, (laughs) but yeah, we didn't have a clue who they were. And then when we told people, they went, oh, you're joking. Did you get their autographs? Well, I'm not autographed anyway, but yeah. yeah. So we've, um, with with the like the rotation then so you've um you're beginning to build your stable yeah absolutely unintentionally yeah so did you build yeah did you build like more fighters on because obviously when we turn up obviously we we know you through joe um we know obviously the the crop that you had when we've obviously turned up of your like charlie shane ollie edwards all of that so yeah you're right Huh? The yeah, yeah. The, the and then so well, we were prior though. We went to Sheerness. Sheerness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's prior to that. Yeah, so when so Ollie, Ollie new... Edwards, I mean, I trained him from a little boy mm. through the kickboxing. He'd done the kickboxing. Okay. Time. So uh, and then uh, we, I, and then same sort of thing again. Of you know, I had friends at St Mary's. Uh, you know, Bert and uh, Andy well, Kidd. You know, Andy Kidd's a really good friend of mine. We love the same music, you know, noisy stuff. And, uh, and you know, he's a really good friend of mine. And, and Andy Kidd was coming down when we was doing kickboxing, bringing fighters down to come and train with my blokes and all that sort of stuff. So we've always had a kind of little connection yeah. there within the amateurs and stuff like that. And uh, Andy Kidd was training Bert, who was, you know, probably swell, you know, sitting on Sheerness Fabstrom's only pro at the time, you know what I mean? And Bert was training people at St Mary's as well, you know. So I thought, 
it's obvious really I'll send Ollie to to St Mary's for a bit because you know you've you got to bear in mind uh, by this time they, it went through this funny phase that if you had a pro licence you couldn't have an amateur licence yeah. it kept yeah, on doing yeah, it yeah. then rescinding it then doing it rescinding it you know but there was this thing and so I've already got my pro licence so I said go go to St Mary's I like them lads there and um, of course they're quality gym and, and, yeah. and, and he, he, he he done a season of boxing with them and then he turned pro um, and then, so, so, so then by that time, this is why I have to look to my list for those that can't <laughs> see me. Uh, so there was Joe, Gav, Adam Dingsdale, Ollie Edwards, Dave Jones at that particular time. And that was, that was, that was your original people. Yeah. And it was Dave, Dave come along. And this was the funny thing about Big Dave, famous Dave, um, <laughs> is he turned up and I said, Dave, you know, probably, and I started training for it again, same thing. I started training for his last amateur fights and he fought who Dave Allen knocked out. Um, the, the black guy. No, oh, no. It's I've got a photo on my Facebook with uh, Dave, Tom, that fella and his trainer. Oh, who it's going to annoy me. It's going to annoy me. Yeah, his trainer's yeah. name and he's, he's oh, really yeah, annoying as well. Um, go on carry on carry on um, yeah so so uh, yeah that, that was that so Dave turned up and I said right well he goes we've got you to turn pro I trained for the last year with his amateurs and uh, anyway um, when he turned for some, I said right I goes I want to introduce you to someone I've been training I goes Joel Feed I goes he's now promoting is this uh, who this Joe's now room. when when Joe's got his um, Joe's got his license now, when he was he's left yeah, yeah, he's us lot, and then he's beginning yeah, he's to get his license yeah. and stuff like that. So, so um, I said Joe Elfeed, and Dave just nodding at me, and and and, and Dave's a, you know the friendliest, loveliest bloke you ever meet, but he was just sort of going and smiling at me, almost like he's taking the piss out of me, and I, I thought. It's you know I can't pick it up, but I thought it's safe. What's that about this? So anyway, and I go, so, you know, I'm going to take you to meet him. You know, some really important now. I'm a pro trainer and all this sort of stuff. And so Joe comes in the gym. Joe don't blink, don't do anything. Walks up to him. Doug goes, "Hello, Joe." Like that shook hands and went blah blah blah. And I went, "Do you know him?" He went. I was in the bed opposite him in the army. Is it Nick Webb? Is the, Nick Webb. Nick yeah, Webb, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. I knew. What's, I, what's his trainer's name? Because he was uh, in, in Snatch, weren't he? he, was, he I, was, it was the fighter that fought oh, Brad Pitt and oh, Scott, Scott, Scott Welch. Scott Welch, Scott Welch. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because Scott Welch's son has been. His um, son was um, pictured with Conor McGregor um, on, Recently, a, on his, yeah, on the, yeah. On his side. Like, yeah. he, I mean, he's great. He's a great fighter as well. Oh, yeah. mm. no, it's a nice bloke as well. I've done my pro license with him. Oh, he was cool. my partner in it. Yeah, which is you know, it's quite funny because then later on at St Mary's, he, he, he brought Nick Webb down and there was Tom. Day. Tom, Tom Dallas. I wasn't trained Tom at that time. There was Tom Day. Tom Dave was going over training response. Tom quite a bit anyway, and Tom was training with Dave come mm. down to us. And then Scott Welsh said, there's a photo on my Facebook, you have a look there, they're all on there together, all smothered in blood. <laughs> and um then later on, of course, Tom come over because Andy Kid once again he went, Oh, he's, he's, he's had operations on his elbows and stuff, probably what I need as well. But um, uh, he couldn't train Tom anymore, so he sent him over to me. You know, it's nice, you know, again, it, it, nice. These are people yeah. that I surround myself with, yeah. these are people, you know. Mm. 
Um, Tom's the same character, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> oh, a, a lovely, lovely, decent bloke. He couldn't put up with my wife's questioning him all the time. Are the doors taller in your house? <laughs> Have you got a big bed so your feet don't hang up? Yes. <laughs> they used to go, yes, Kelly. It's a big bed. I'll tell you a funny story. When I first met Tom, he was, I think he was even nine or ten and I was an amateur. And I'd been at St. Mary's for, I think maybe what, a year, just over a year. And he, I don't know who this, who his sparring partner was, but this bloke was a man mountain. He was huge. But he, obviously our class was for us, uh, used to have the, just like the normal training. And then it used to be the, just like the, the class for the fighters. And then Tom's class would be after, or he'd just turn up on his own and he'd do training. But the, his sparring partner would always turn up halfway through our class and walk around. Bring him on Superman. Superman. Yeah. yeah, we used to call him Superman because he looked like Clark Kent. Massive, and he used to walk around, and he'd be like, "No, you ain't doing this right. You got me like bang, bang, hit this bag, and the bag would fall off." And he, in I remember one day I was off like, "No, I'm gonna say so." I was like, "Tommy's bullying us," <laughs> and Tom stuck it on him like, "Yeah, I stayed behind just to watch it." I was like, yeah, "Tom, I think he's bullying us, mate." <laughs> Tom, back in, I'm going back. What? I'm going back twenty years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, yeah. I remember Tom in the amateurs. Um, because I took my daughter to Aaron, uh, Aaron Gay. Yeah, Aaron Gay's yeah. show. Club. No, no, it wasn't the box club. Oh. It was just their club show. And uh, I took a couple of fighters there. We had a really good, a really good day there. You know what I mean? We we won every fight there. And just as we was going in for our bit, Tom had obviously boxed as an amateur earlier on in the day, and, and, and Andy came out, and I didn't know Tom at the time. Well, oh, Andy, you know, and I saw the man, man. The crumb the door for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he was there, and I went, Andy, where are you, you staying? If there's clothes about to find you. He went, oh, no, I'd love to, we've got to get back. We, Tom's just money, he's fine, he's going back. So it would have been around about the same Probably time we were talking about. Yeah, yeah, We'd yeah. just beaten someone in Harry as well. Yeah, that was the first time I ever met Tom. But yeah, he's lovely, man. He's yeah, he's such a diamond. Diamond. Yeah. So your gym now is, is prospering, let's say, with more fighters coming in. Um, who who else did you attract in at this point then? With well, at that point, um, well, I say we attract. I'll tell you what we did was it like on the Sundays, as you as you yeah. know, you know, we was having those things. So we we had everyone. Who was anyone in Medway coming down and then Grant and yeah. Jordan? Um, uh, let's just check that Dan, Dan, Dan Woodgate, uh, Dan Anslick, who was training um, uh, Charlie at the time, you know, and Charlie was coming down there. Um, uh, we, we, we had loads of it, you, you know, Charlie, Colin Charlie from, Shane as well. Know, yeah, from yeah, yeah well. TKO really Jim, good quite, yeah. Friend. We used to go to shows together when we was both fighting um, and stuff. And, um, you know, he used to bring his people down and he had some great kids at Ashley Collins and people like that yeah. who were, you know, would have made Ashley, fantastic yeah. pros. They would have made fantastic pros. And, and it, it, they used to bring them down. And, uh, yeah, so we had a lot, a lot of people during that time with Chev and, and everyone else. And, and we had some, some, uh, what's the fellow's name now? I wish I could write his name down because I really liked the bloke as well. He, he ended up turning pro with, with Joe's organisation. It came from the coast, sort of like, I can't. Oh, oh really? Sorry. I can't. No, what's the brothers called? No, they weren't brothers. Lee. 
No, no, no. Oh. But, but they used to come down as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, well, well lovely gay there is. Yeah, it's yeah. tough as old boots. Mm. You know I mean, journeyman, so much respect for them already. Yeah, yeah uh, so that was at that particular time. But then later on, we got um, Danny and Charlie. Charlie Shane, Danny Shannon. Danny Shannon, oh, you know, I, I mean... This, this is Danny Shannon's a nutcase. <laughs> and I will say it to him as well. He's an enigma. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I absolutely love him. But you know, this is the thing is, is I I could not train people I did not like. Yeah. I, I really couldn't. Mm. And, and that's super unprofessional of me and, and, and not probably not fair. But if you haven't got something with them, it ain't going to happen. It just mm. ain't going to happen. You've got to understand they're these things. And one of the things I think, this is another thing that, that people don't appreciate about boxers, they're really sensitive creatures. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've seen people, if I told them they couldn't lace their left boot on first before they fought, they wouldn't fight. They go, I'm lacing my left boot on first or I'm not fighting. You know, all these kind of funny little things and that. And, they're nervous, and you see how much they're, they're great. I mean, fighters in the gym when they're getting ready for a fight, a pain in the bum. You know, I mean, they're grumpy, they stink full of protein. You know, they, they just fill the gym up with protein farts. Uh, their, their temper, you know, they never lose their temper. They've always been lovely to me, and, they, and to each other. But you know, you can feel the edge about them and, and all this sort of stuff. And it's a pain in the ass being around fighters when they're getting ready. I don't know how their wives and their manager have been But, um, you know, Danny Shannon, I mean, <laughs> he cracks me up. He's not only is he a class boxer and, he, and he's always been a class boxer. I don't believe he ever reached his potential. And mm, I would say it's his own fault, if I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I'll tell you why it's his own fault. So busy. Sh- Chucking out challenges to everyone. <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah. said to him once, I goes, if you was in a phone box, I said you'd pick a fight with yourself. <laughs> because I, and the reason it was being, it wasn't from anything negative. It was in, he, he had plenty of self-belief. Yeah. But he used to keep picking these people that were miles heavier than him. <laughs> and, and, and I used to say, get your weight down because that, you, you, you know, you're, you look amazing because he's always in fantastic He's always in condition. Oh, I love that show. Yeah. You know what I mean? He can fight. He can punch. He can box. He, he's got a good fighting brain. And he's as tough as... He can take a punch. He's as yeah. tough as old boots. But it kind of just didn't give him the self enough chances. And, of course, he fought on the road for most yeah, of the time. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, it, didn't, it was never going to be... I think that's how he started off his career. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really and, and, and I get that. I mean, you know, we all get it with a journeyman, don't we? we he was, a, he was a hard journeyman, though, wasn't yeah. he? But um, I remember... Um, it's not a funny story from me. exactly funny enough. But, um, you know, Johnny Greaves, the journeyman. Yeah. You know, I think he had 300 fights or something before he yeah. retired. His brother started doing a bit of it, but I don't think he'd done as much as Johnny did. But Johnny Greaves, he was asked on because Johnny Greaves came out of West Ham originally, and that bloke can fight and he can box. And then you look at his record, and all these people out there, the boxing experts that have never been in a boxing gym, yeah, he's had 300 fights, he's only won, let's say 20 of them. I don't know, I don't know what he's yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know, 20 of them, he can't be that good. And I thought, you, you don't really know. do don't expose know. yourself to not know anything when yep. you come out yeah. shit like that because. He was once asked, um, they said to him, John, 
you're really good and we all know you're really good and everyone you've ever thought knows you're really good because they've been on the end of it sometimes when they've tried to take a few liberties with him. We know how the journeyman thing works. You know, we're not going to say that they come to lose, but they don't... What am I going to say? How am I going to say this? They, they are there as a tool... To, to progress, to, to yeah, progress yeah. people and move them along, aren't they? Yeah, well, it's something that we, we've spoke about on many. You've got to try and get different, obviously, journeyman perspectives and stuff yeah. like that. But they, um, the one thing I think is yeah, unanimous with people that box and stuff like that is they are very important to young, uh, young Pro- pros. Professional boxing wouldn't be where yeah. it is today. Right? Oh, no, but people don't understand that. it. People go, They're more important he, he's shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They go, oh, shit, because he's lost. Like you just said, yeah. So, so, you know, this was the story that told you, you know, if you want to explain a journeyman, this is it. So, I think Johnny was one of these fighters. uh, You know, I could be wrong with the figures here, but I'm pretty sure he was on at least, say, fifteen hundred quid a fight at least. Hmm. You know, because he he boxed world champions and everything. You know, he's been there with everyone. He he done a thing years ago. Frank Warren rang him up. He's just like he's got prime mess shops in in Green Tree. And he was opening the shop up one morning. And he got a phone call off of Frank Warren. He went, "We really need you up in Scotland." So the Sunsides fell out. It's going to kick off. If so, something along these lines. This could be an inaccurate story, but it still makes the same point. He jumped. He gave the keys to his brother or his partner or whoever it was. Jumped in his car and drove up to Scotland. Uh, you know, you imagine what that was like. Yeah. And he got there just in time for this main event fight. Done something like 10 rounds with the bloke in an untitled fight, got a lovely purse, which I do know the price, but it's not for me to say, but it was a, it a lot fun. of money. It was a lot of money. And, and that's what he, that's what Johnny Bruce is all about. But, so someone said to him, John, we know from your amateur career and from everyone we've ever spoken to, you're a brilliant boxer. Why don't you fight for an area title? And he went, are you joking? And he went, no, no, no why don't you fight for it? He goes, couldn't you win a joke? He goes, yeah, I could win a sub-area title. He said, but, he said, I box every week. He said, every week, he said, I get 1,500 quid, let's say. Yeah. I mean, possibly more than that, possibly less, whatever. I get that. He said, so, if I want to box for a southern area title fight, I would have to do a training camp of at least 10 weeks. Yeah. He goes, in which I wouldn't be able to have a fight in between on the risk of getting cut and going against any contract that I've signed in the process of it, he said, and should I go on to win that Southern Area title fight, he said, I would probably get three grand. He said, and he goes, I might get a nice belt. He goes, and it might give me a couple of other fights, but he goes, pretty sure that most people won't be wanting someone that's won a title belt to be their journeyman. Yeah. Because they would want to have an element of more control over it, like this. He said, so, he said, just do the maths. He goes, I'm not in this. He goes, for any other reason than the money, he said, you know, he, he, he does love boxing. I mean, I've seen plenty of examples of he, he absolutely lives and breathes that and loves it. He still loves it now. But but nevertheless, you know, that's a story worth yeah. telling, you know, concerning what a journeyman yeah. is and why they're a journeyman and why. Because you sell tickets. Oh, Jesus. The hardest the thing hardest, in boxing. Hardest, thing, hardest, boxing. hardest yeah. thing in boxing. You got when you initially start. This is what I found. This was the pattern. You'd get them initially. They would 
I could probably sell 100 tickets. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, everyone wanted another professional boxer. You know, we all here, we all know it's not very glamorous at all. But mm. that, that, all yeah. they're looking at is, you know, Sky TV and, you know, the title fights and all this sort of stuff. There's no, absolutely no glamour in boxing. Most, the reason why lots of good professional boxers have got a bit of humility, you know, like a bit of humility is because they've all started from the same position. Some yeah. smelly old gym somewhere or other, <laughs> gone through all the, the things of it and they understand what it's like. But unless you're an ex-Olympian or someone that's got real, real super ability, you know. With sponsors behind sponsors them. Sponsors yeah. behind them can chuck in their day job so they don't have to risk, you know, sort of doing a 10-hour shift and then trying to get in the gym to train in between and all that sort of stuff, you know. Or strike lucky like Dillian White with, yeah, with yeah, like yeah. AJ because he started small hall. Dillian White started small hall and then I know, I, AJ, yeah. I, I, I'll tell you, first time I met Dillian White was uh, um, Blue Watch. You know, the, the thing, uh, Adam Dingsdale was fighting there. That, 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 oh, what was it yeah. called? I can't remember what it's called. But that, that, it was a venue for a little bit of, you know, other things other than boxing. But um, uh, what, what was it? Glow. Yeah, 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 that was it. Yeah. Um, Delia, I was going in there and I had me, me um, laminate on and I walked in and Dolman let me in and Dillian White went to come in and I went, no, you're not coming in, mate. And I came back out again and I went, he's fighting. And I went, he ain't got a laminate. And I went, you got a laminate, mate? I didn't know it was Dillian White because, I mean, it was early on in his career. Yeah. You know? And he goes, no, I ain't got one. And I went, didn't you get one off of, I can't remember his promoter. It was um, Fury's old promoter Hennessy Hennessy yeah, yeah, yeah. really nice guy he's really nice actually I like Hennessy and so I said I'll, I'll go and see him and get it for you so they wouldn't let him in they didn't know he was and they go, no you're not coming in he's going, no. he goes I went and just popped out the whatever it was you know and, he, and uh, so I went in and got his laminate and brought it out for him and just there it is mate. I don't even know thanks so much mate good luck with your fight huh? and that was the first time I met him later on I took Dave up to spar with him up in Loughborough okay in the strangest places ever so I thought he was going to Loughborough <laughs> University you know, because it, Loughborough University is a big thing for sport and fitness yeah it's it's the the they've got a great fitness. football team up there strangely enough yeah, as well they've got great everything yeah. up there because they've got all the facilities up there but it wasn't and well, I went and it was basically in a mechanics workshop where he had a ring set up, a gas heater to warm the place up, and that was it. But you know, we that, know about garages. It, you know, once again, it just shows you it's, it's not all glamour, and you know, no, no, they don't try to make it that way. So, what as um, obviously a pro trainer, you've had a lot of pro fight uh, fighters under you. What's like the biggest thing you take for it at the moment? Would you? Would you mean so? That? Like, um, like, a, if people was to think about becoming a pro trainer, oh, what did I get out? Of yeah, it, like, what, what what advice would you give? Or I would. I, I, I could be really honest about it. I would say <laughs> this is what I would say. I would say assess how much time you can really afford before you step into it, because everything suffers. Family holidays, uh, anniversaries, all sorts of stuff, you know. And it, it's not just you that suffers, it's the people that are at home and all this sort of stuff. Um, you know, make sure that you're prepared to lose money because unless we're, you know, we're training the likes of, you know, you know, proper British and above mm. champions, 
you're not going to earn a penny out of it. You no. will lose more money than, you know, every bit of money I've ever earned, we're we'll it earned from, from boxing, you know, it's, has gone straight back into it because it, I, there was always an old that had to be filled in yeah. something, you know. You know, people look at understand the cost it is to run in a gym. You know, you have to buy the equipment, you have to maintain the equipment, you have to have insurance policies, you have to um, have travelling expenses, you have to, you know, all of this stuff. It's not really catered for within that thing. And and I'll repeat what I said earlier on. I've we worked it out. Me and my wife worked out because my wife used to run the gym with me. Of yeah. course, you know, she used to train. But she's she's brilliant training there as a you know like she she's a PT. Now. Yeah. You know. Brilliant at that, um, but we used to run the and we worked out we were spending three thousand minimum. You know, sometimes more than that, three thousand pounds a year of our own money. Are you prepared to do that? If you're not prepared to do that, find something else to do where yeah. someone will pay you a bit more money. You know what I mean? It, 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 it's as simple as yeah. that. Um, what I did get out of it on a positive note is a bit. That was a bit negative. I don't like being negative. I've met the very very best people in the world, you know, absolute diamonds. I, you know, there's this old saying, I don't know what it is, but it's something like bonds in blood aren't easily yeah. broken. And, and it's absolutely true. My Broke mate, yeah. I've got a mate, he's a professor, actually. I know you think, oh, God, he's one of my best friends. He's Richard Bailey, Professor Richard Bailey. And he, I, I trained him for kickboxing and he went up and knocked it. Hey, you know, bearing in mind, he's he's the poshest bloke I know, and he reckons he's common in the academic world. But I don't, I'm not having it like this. He was sitting there waiting for a fight one day with his book open, his glasses on the end of his nose, reading the life and times of Karl Popper. Like this, while someone walked in and goes, I hate Southerners and I hate university students like that. And he's like that. And anyway, he went out and knocked him out later on, you know, because the bloke could fight, you know what I mean? Pacifist and all this sort of stuff. And um, I've totally lost where I was going with this story, <laughs> but, but um, you know, it, uh, you know, it, it's like you, you just meet such a variation of people, and, and never judge a book by its cover. You never no, ever no, do no. that because you're in for a real surprise if you yeah. go, you know. Um, but yeah, I've met the best people. You know, there's no doubt mm. about it. What are you doing now? Because obviously you're still training um, now. Yeah, well, I I do a, a little bit here and there with people, you know. But uh, I mean, I've got a little gym at the bottom of my garden, which is my wife. That's where my wife does her full time job in there. She trains people. As they love a job with the traffic. Sometimes a blackbird walks in the way or something, you know, <laughs> or a, you know a sparrowhawk swoops down or something. But <laughs> but you know, uh, yeah, she goes out the back door straight into the cabin at the bottom of the garden, which we turned into a little gym. It's nothing fancy, but it's quite nice, quite pleasant environment. And I'll do a little bit in there from time to time with people. Um, and that's it, really. I mean, for me, lockdown changed everything. Yeah. Yes. So, so, so yeah, it was on the verge of killing small boxing lockdown was when it, I mean, if, if all those people that train these small fighters and, you know, poor old Joe who was trying to promote small yeah. fighters as well, it, it yeah. was a nightmare for everyone. And there was no help for, uh, you know, it's one, one of my criticisms of the boxing world. There's all these people earning millions and millions and millions of pounds and there was no help for the small hall side of things where it would have been nice for the boxing community to come 
together a little yeah, bit, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and filter some of that down because they wouldn't have been where they were. And I'm, I'm not talking just about fights. I'm talking about the big promoters and television, Sky, well, Sky and stuff like that, you know. Probably an idea, just like someone like BBC. I know they got burnt through Audley Harrison, but BBC can just go get a little contract to all these That's small right. promoters and go and put it on BBC3. Like, how, how about, how about this, a, this for an idea, right? Boxing is, you know, uh, uh, as as big as it's ever been now, isn't it? You know, yeah, with yeah. you know, obviously with female boxing, it's, there's a lot of equality there and everything like that. What? Why on earth aren't someone like ITV who used to have a fantastic boxing, used to have fantastic boxing programs yeah, on Saturday? All three, yeah, weren't it? Yeah, yeah they, they had Saturday ones, and they used to have a Wednesday one or something like that, a Wednesday yeah, night one, yeah, yeah, Friday, and it was all small Friday, fights. Friday, yeah, I've got yeah. stuff on VHS. If I showed you, there's there's fights of like people like Terry Marsh fighting in like a, a circus tent and things like this. You know, they were promoting all the small fights, and they'd have like one little title in there, and it might be yeah, a something yeah. title, it might be a British title yeah. or something like that, and occasionally it'd be a European title, and that'd be a bit of a big show. All three because. They were getting the viewing numbers. Yeah. Well, they're going to get more viewing numbers now. So why aren't they doing that? Why don't they just do a thing where they do just a small portion? Well, so, yeah, that's, yeah. that's what I mean. All the other yeah. stuff's covered, B- isn't it? Like BBC or ITV, as you say. BBC, ITV, BBC like, had brilliant. You had, you had Harry Carpenter on the BBC, <laughs> brilliant boxing pundit. And uh, on ITV, you used to have Reg Gutteridge, mm. who, you know, apart from the fact he just didn't stop going on about Frank Bruno, he was a, <laughs> he was a really – it was really great. yeah. You know? The um like the the Louis Green fight um just happened oh, this yeah, weekend. That's one. that's what I mean. He's just fought this weekend for a Commonwealth title. Yeah. On and it, I followed the show, but could there was no link. Yeah, no link. Couldn't get like a, oh, a, a and it was just it was just and, a shame as and, well. You know, while we're on that the Scotland, Lou, I've got to say this, Lou. Another absolute diamond. Oh, you've had him on. Yeah, we've had him on. Yeah, he was great as well. Another absolute diamond. That bloke. You know, I'm going to nick a phrase. I think it was from uh, Marvin Agler. If you cut the top of his head off, it'd be like Brighton Rock with boxing written. Mm. You know what I mean? But Lou, I mean, everyone in Medway, everyone that I know that's around boxing, you've got so much admiration for that bloke because he, to me, attitude is the perfect boxer. I know, uh, you know, without giving too much weight, he was offered easier fights early on in his career. Like, yeah. oh, where well, we, we, we just yeah. him and his yeah. dad. I mean, John. I mean, another fantastic bloke. You know, a great trainer, great bloke. Generally, there's there's absolutely no bullshit about the pair. Of no, them. there's no bullshit. And if it, if you went, why don't you fight him and go boy? And go, well, you know, yeah, his his thing was as well um, on him. Like his thing was, he wants to look at his kids and tell tell look his kids. Yeah, he wants to tell his kids that he had the best fights at the best time, and he's won titles through that that way. And, yeah. and look at him, going yeah. Him, you know, and I've got so much admiration for him, and he, he's a great bloke. And 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 you know, I was, I was talking to him and his dad one day, and they both remember this. And we was down, I'll tell you where we was training. We was down that blooming. Do you know when Brompton moved to that kind of like underground car park? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
It was like yeah, a demilitarized yeah, zone, yeah. wasn't it? You know what I mean? It looked like someone had broken in and tried to dig around. Yeah. It, it was really, wasn't it? It was about as rough as it could get. Anyway, um, we was in there one day and he'd come down and he'd come down to spar with, uh, spar with Luke Gibb. You know, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, another guy coming to love him a bit, you know, I really do. She's um, sort of killing him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll tell you what, you know, he, he's another bloke. He's as hard as nails, and he's, you speak to him, he's such a gentle fellow. Oh, yeah, he's a talk about He's an absolute, I bet there's a few people come across with him, you know, I mean, thinking they could have one over on him, because that geezer can fight, and what a talent he is. You know, I, I wish I could have done more for him, to be honest with you, you know, but he, he should have been picked up by one of the bigger primes and really brought on, because that bloke is super talented. Anyway, but once again, you know, <laughs> coming in there, we're going off on a prime. I was talking to Lou and his dad, oh, that's probably messed all the things up, really banging the table. Um, I was talking to John and, and Lou, and I was talking about, and I going, you know, you're a really nice bloke, and you know what I'm saying, and all this sort of stuff. And I said, trouble is, Lou, I goes, I bet you don't get many people approach you because of your resting bitch face. I said, you know, <laughs> you look as hard as nails, and yet you're the most lovely, reasonable <laughs> bloke that you ever was. Saying. And I, I said exactly <laughs> that. And, and, you know, like Lou sort of smirked, and his dad laughed and that, like that. And they went, yeah, it's pretty true. Really. <laughs> you know, and it, and it is, isn't it? You know what I mean? You know, it looks as hard, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not bad. He's not bad. He's um, is there anything we've missed? Oh, yeah. there's loads. Yeah. I could go on for ages. I mean, I mean I'll talk. I mean, I go down the shops and I go missing for an hour. You know? <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and I've come back and forgot what I went out there for and come back. And where have you been? And I went, I don't know. That's it. This is it. This is dealing with this, this sort of thing, you know. But yeah, um, I've got a list of people's. I wrote this list, and you probably, probably laughed your head off when I said it. I mean, you know, the other people is uh, Zeki Usain, another yeah. real talent. Yeah, exactly. but, but, but I mean, work got in his way with lots of things, and you know, various different. But an absolute diamond, I love it. Uh, Luke Gibbo, as I've said, a, a yeah. real, real talent, and, and the only person I've ever allowed to switch it. When, when people want to do switching, I go, no, you can't do it. And I went, why not? I go, because you're only good at it. And they go, yeah, but I feel comfortable, you feel. I said, you get it every time you switch. <laughs> every time you switch, you get it, you know. And I love training southpaws, you know. I, I love it. It's one of the things I really like. I, I hope I helped Charlie on his way, mm. you know, to box like a proper southpaw and rather than someone that just stands like a southpaw mm. you know he, he didn't position himself right and things like that and so I tried to help him along with things like that but Luke Gibbo he goes I'll switch it and I went I'll do you now we'll see about that and you know, I watched him spar and thought bloody hell he does he does, <laughs> and he does it good he does it good now. and then he went to spar, spar with um, uh, what's um, one of the McGuigan was one of the McGuigan blokes Josh Taylor, Taylor Josh Taylor was Josh Taylor and Who's the fella from Hull that he trained as well? Coyle. No. 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 Uh, me and Crawler. Me and Joe Will Feed were it on the same no, show no, as his debut in Hull. Um, it's oh, Crawler's Manchester. Uh, oh, it's not Coyle. Is it Coyle? Oh. I can't remember. Mm. I, I, I can't remember. Anyway, he's sparring with him and then we're going to stop. He's done a round of him and he's switching and everything. If I'm honest, at least for one round, Luke was boxing his ears off. Yeah. I mean, this bloke was ex-Olympian sure. and all that sort of stuff. And then the Grigans went, stop, Luke, we don't want to switch it in because that's not what we're preparing for. 
you know. Yeah. And, and that was fair enough. You know, yeah, they got yeah, him into Spa for a reason. Set way, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, they, they stopped oh, him. Man. Stopped him doing that. You know. But and Luke Campbell. Yeah. So it was Luke Campbell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because he was. I don't know if he still is, but he was with uh, Shane McQuiggan, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah, mm, uh, me and Joe, I've mm. got to hear something. Oh, we mentioned the blue bomb, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, je, je, me and Joe gone up there, and I had this old KA that I drove up there in, and we pulled up outside the Flash Hotel in Hull. This was on that on his debut thing, sold the place. That was in in Hull Football Ground, I think it was. Mm. And uh, we pulled up to the hotel where we were staying at night. And my car, it was a bit like um, I'm trying to think of the car that done it. Um, uh, Uncle Buck's car in you know, John Candy, you know. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> KI. Every time I stopped, it went, bang! <laughs> like that. And it's all right for a few thousand more miles. And I pulled up there, so I think, all these top boxes are out there, you know, having uh, their meal. They'd all weighed in and was tucking into the dinner. outside, beautiful sunny day, and they was all outside. And I pulled up. Blue. The blue bomb turned. <laughs> Joe got out of his motor. Then I turned up behind me. <laughs> You saw bone shaking and it went bang! They all shit themselves. <laughs> there was there was stakes flying up in the air and everything, you know. And, and, and the only person I know that had a worse car than me was Adam Dingsdale. He was boxing up in Doncaster one day, and I said, "Adam, I'm going to need a lift back because I've got to I've got to lift up." I said, "I need a lift back. Is that all right?" And he went, "Yeah, of course it is." So I got in his car and I looked and I went, "What's up with your wheels, Adam?" And he went, "Ah, uh, yeah, they're all them." Uh, Temporary wheels, you know, them ones. Oh, you know, oh the space, space the space saver one. He had four space and we travelled back at ninety mile an hour, and I am not exaggerating. Every bump, we probably took off about three foot and landed in a different lane. You know what I mean? It was to say it was oh, scary man. was an under under state really. Oh, um, was, just, cool. just quickly, was you? So Joe's Elfeed, he beat Joe, Joe Hughes. Hughes. Joe Hughes. You was there that night? Yeah, of course I was there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll try. I mean, I think I trained. I think he did two pro fights before I started training. Oh, okay. And and the the, the 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 I think I'm right. I mean, I might be wrong. If someone's you know, wants to correct me, they're happy to do. I might be for that. I, you know, I can't remember that. But yeah, I was there at that one, and that was quite funny. That was um, when Kelly Maloney was Frank Maloney. Yeah. Um. Oh, 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 I've got to say, I, 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 I liked both versions of that person. You know what I mean? I know he, he took it. What I think he's a really, I think she is a really brave person, because in a world like boxing and yeah. a Millwall fan, you know that takes some balls, mm. doesn't it? You know what I mean? You know, and if that's 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 who that person is, then then you yeah. it's off to him. But anyway, it was it was a Frank Maloney show that was, and uh, Joe Hughes was the, the clearly the favourite to win, and Joe had gone as a journeyman, you know, to fight him because he's from Doncaster. It was in Doncaster, and it just blew everyone's mind, and they couldn't make out whether Joe was the the, the headliner or the whatever, and. That they was aware of that Joe had quite a good following up north. He's got a load of good friends up there. And uh, they kept on coming and warming us up. So I'd warm Joe up, warm him up, and I'd go, right, you're on the next fight. Like, and then they'd come and go, oh, no, we've got another fight, and we've got to tell you. 
And then kids. Uh, and I don't know if any of you boys do, you know, like in the amateurs and things like that. I've done it in kickboxing. I've done it, I've done MMA for it. I've done this MMA competition once and I had to have four, five fights in one day. Yeah. Where, you know, where they do that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, and then you, it's like a knockout contest yeah. to get to the final. And, uh, it was a bit like one of them, but luckily I'd had the experience of having to have more than one fight in one day myself personally. Yeah. And I knew. The biggest problem with doing that, having multiple fights on one day, is stopping the stiffness setting yeah. in and keeping yourself warm enough but not overeating. Right. So I, I kind of had got it off to a fine art myself. So he's warming up and I just went to jail. I go, for, no, no more. But just put some towels around you and just sit there, stay warm. And as that fight ends, we'll just, uh, we're not going to warm you up anymore because I've done about three or four rounds of pads with him. Not stupid ones, you know, but light ones. Yeah. And he was just just ready to go on there. And um, I said, we'll do it. And he came in again. Oh, no, not this one, next one, like that. I sat down, said, sit down again. I said, don't worry about it, John. Just come on. Anyway, he went in there and beat the thing. Mm, so yeah. that, that was the punishment for playing them silly games. And that's the silly games that do get played with you. Yeah. You know, you've got to be prepared. Yeah. People don't understand that up, and to be honest, no, as well. No, they don't. They don't. So, um, Oh, uh, book. Yes, when your book. We, when can we? Do you know roughly? What's that? Your book. Oh, well, the book. Yes, yeah. yeah, it's a really interesting read. Yeah. I, I, I don't, but you know, as you know, and probably thanks to my wife knows, everyone on the internet knows. I've just had an earlier operation, so yeah. I'm off work for the next month, and so I'm spending a lot of time right, right, you know, sort of writing it and one of the things you know obviously people would always assume that you're a bit of a you, you, people have got these wrong conceptions about boxes most of the ones I know are, are really pretty intelligent people whether they're academic or not is another yeah, yeah, yeah Charlie Shane is a classic one he's, Charlie Shane because he's you know he's as common as Mark you know, I know he won't mind me telling you that but he is a really really intelligent bloke speak to him for long enough and you'll get how intelligent he is. No. He's super intelligent, actually. It's just that he swears a lot. Yeah. Far too much for him to use. We've had him on did, here. Did he yeah. tell you when I get I coached him? I, I coached Charlie. This is Dave actually again. I'm, right. I'm, really <laughs> sorry. I'm really sorry. And I said to him, I goes, Charlie, please, please do me a favour. Will you present yourself better in your interviews? I said, because you're going on there. And I said, if you get interviewed with, by some big Sky News or something like that, they're not going to want to hear you effing and blinding all the time. <laughs> so, please do. so his next interview, yeah, I think with Dan Woodgate or, 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 or one of the other fellas. From, Shadow box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, one of them. He went on there and went, yeah, yeah. What do you think of that? He said, yeah, he's a, he's a big fucker. Blah, 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 <laughs> and like that. And he went, oh, sorry for swearing. He, and then he swore and swore and swore. But the only difference was from my coaching. He said sorry after. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love Charlie. To, to be fair, diamond. To be diamond. fair, when we had him on, him. Um, he said he was comfortable with doing it. He actually, and when you listen to well, him, well, no, first of all, he was pretty nervous. Wasn't yeah, he? he come in. He said he was. He was all right, 
he had that, and then but as he was as he was just talking, he was it was all good, and you can, he speaks really quick, and you're just like he does. Yeah. His mind works really. Yeah, quick. He's, he's another ADHD. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he was but, good. Was but the other one for that as well was um, Mickey Mills, of course. You know, Mick. Oh, we had him on after. Uh, yeah. I love him. I, I, I love Mick. I've got so much admiration for him. But when you know a bit about his life and everything, you can you can't do anything but really mm. admire him. But I was there one day and he answered the phone to a burp. And I went, and he put the phone down and I went, Mick, what is that again? And he went, what? And I went, just you answered the phone to a burp. And he went, yeah, it's better out than in. And I goes, it's better out than in. I goes, you are really talented, as a because he's a really talented boxer, you know. Yeah, oh, his coaching is absolutely brilliant. He's a brilliant coach, right? And 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 his organisation skills, his ideas, everything is really really good. His presentation was shit, you know. And I said, <laughs> work on your presentation. I said, and everything else is good, man. You know. That's it. I think that's it. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> all right. um, you, can all, what, you can all go to bed. Right. Well, uh, what we like to do, um, if you've not got anything else to add, no, I've got loads. Today, <laughs> I won't. I won't that's right. That stuff. I've got loads of people. I'm gonna. <laughs> Just mention, it's one thing I would really like to mention, it's my friend Ian John Lewis. Um, you, you know, recently he's come out of the boxing board. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, we all know what that was about, don't we? We all yeah. know it was about, um, you know, his decision. The Adam Catchell, Josh Taylor fight. Yeah, yeah. Now, I just want to offer this perspective to people from just to think, there's a thing in my up-and-coming book, it's called, I fucking hate boxing. That's what it's going to be called. It'll be available. To, oh, I don't know. I, I don't ever, even ever get printed. But anyway, but if you do ever get a chance to, you know, you'll read about things about how sometimes people are labelled as something, and even if it's not, un, even if it's not true, it sticks with people. And yeah. sadly, they yeah. walk around with that label. I watched that fight, and that wasn't. Whatever anyone else thinks, we're watching from the benefit of a television yeah. screen that's yeah. got multiple angles that you watch that from and it's very very easy to judge it's easier to if they could put a television screen in front of them all the multiple angles you'd get better decisions yes if they was did mm. but watch that carefully watch that because this is my challenge to anyone listening and us people in here watch that carefully on youtube but in your brain put yourself where ian john lewis is watching it from He's only got one angle. And when you look at that angle, a lot of the time, the fighters were square on. He wasn't getting angles. He was seeing arms move. He wasn't, he, he wasn't always seeing a clean punch. And when he was seeing a clean punch, I don't know if I'm right or if I'm wrong, but I'm saying it how I saw it. Yeah. He may have only seen the punch. He may have seen yeah. the majority of punches coming from Taylor. Yeah. And the other punches, May have been blinded to him. I'm, I, I'm not trying to make excuses for him because he don't need him. He is a top class. He's one of the best referees in the world, yeah. and he's a top class bloke, a real down to earth diamond of a bloke. And I think the boxing border control chucked him under the bus. Uh, so yeah, chucked him under uh, the bus. A hundred percent because. Um, I was literally going to add to that as well. With um, don't matter if it's. I understand. Obviously, it's such a high pressure situation. There's a lot of things on the line. Uh, I understand. Catcher had the opportunity to create history as well. 
So I understand I, I one understand side. Yeah, I, honestly, yeah. Oh, yeah. I believe he won that fight, but then I had the benefit of all that. Yeah, and obviously, as you as you're pointing out, like you said, he's got one view. And again, I, I agree. I thought Catchall won the fight, but what I will say, whatever, however you score it, however you judge it, you're a judge there. However, it's scored right. Um, They've chucked him under the bus instead of going and coaching and sometimes, because we're all human, everyone makes mistakes. He, he, I'm not saying he made the mistake because he scored it how he scored it. But, but what I'm saying, so yeah, exactly. You can come out and go, okay. So that I do believe that the abuse that yeah, come after that was absolutely that sickening. does not warrant a decent mm. bloke like Ian. No. I'll tell you that now. Because that bloke yeah. would go out of his way to come and do something for you. The bloke is an absolute diamond, and to abuse him, the, the abuse he got over there, and I mean, he's still very quiet on places like Facebook and things like that. I think it's such a shame because that bloke has earned everything he's ever done. He's yeah. come from a place, certainly like that I've come from, you know, a rough area, and he and he's worked. He's a himself. Midway boy, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah Midway boy, he's worked his way up and and got to the position he's got to. Do they think that he gave up? He gave up his bloody life for that sort of thing yeah and just so because they were getting so much shit over it over the decision and that that weren't down to one bloke mm. that weren't down to one bloke that weren't down to Ian John Lewis yeah, no. and you you know anyone that's giving him really bad abuse hold your head in shame yeah. because you're, yeah. you know it, the, the, the same people that go oh that bloke's a mug in there you know never been in a boxing ring in their life you yeah. know like you know, when they see someone getting beaten in a fight by someone, oh, he only lasted around. Yeah, you jump in and do it. And I'm dreading shame for yeah. him talking about decent human beings like that. I've, I've, with Ian, I've only known him probably, what, eight years? And I, when we started this, I reached out to him and I said, I'd be really good to get you on. And he, like, to, to these boys, his genuine reply was, I can't do anything until, until it's the ahead. situation is sorted. No, and you know, you yeah. think... That's cruel, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I used to... Well, that's yeah, the thing. Cruel, we, yeah. like, in the security side, we go and do like the, the Joes, the Moat Park Joes, but we'd go up to the O2, we'd go to Wembley, and we'd see him there. And he'd be like, ah, i seen you another one, Ian. And he's, he's different, isn't it? He's not there. You know, you just well, think... Everything's it's, changed, it's, yeah. It's, Cops here, is it? You know... It's a, do you know? Do you know what cracks me up? It's a real, it's a real bone of contention with me. Is everything is like you know mental health? You know, oh, we've got to look after people's mental health. I was going to say, I'll oh, be kind and all this sort of stuff. And the same, you know, not everyone. I think a lot of us have become more aware and we're perhaps a lot more considerate than we used to be in the yeah. past. Because I mean, yeah. I was as guilty as mm. uh, as many of the people on. on, on I was never that bad. I, I, I was never abusive because I, I do like to give people a fair crack of the week and things like that. But but nevertheless, you know, I would go, what's up with him, you know? And, you know, you used to call people simple, nutters and all this sort of stuff without knowing anything about these people, about anything that's got them in this position. And all these people are talking about this and then they abuse They've, someone uh, yeah. so badly it, that it can... Depression. You know, the consequences yeah. could be devastating. And, yeah. and like, yeah, I, the abuse, I, I just remember, I was like, however, whatever happened, however which way, is there just score a fight? I, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care how he scored the fight now. 
it's just gone beyond that. They're human being treatment. Yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah. like I said, I feel sorry for Catterall. There's no two ways so about it. And so like, because he's obviously potentially lost his chance. Yeah, yeah. but like, he's only been asked to do a job. He's only doing a job. He's only there to do a job. Okay, people have disagreed but, with but him. But his for benefit it. is this: he he didn't lose the fight, not under anyone else's eyes. So for you know, like for publics, when you're talking about the public, when you're talking about the internet, they're not going on there going, "Yeah, you lost it." Well, they probably are because these idiots on there, these trolls, yeah, they yeah. abuse anyone. Yeah, but I mean, he's got the benefit of not getting the abuse. I mean, that's a win. Also, he weren't the only judge that scored it to Josh Taylor. No, it was I'll, another judge. He wouldn't have won the fight otherwise. If if he and John Lewis was the only one that scored it and the other two scored it to Catterall, yeah, Catterall would have won the fight. I, I don't know what the scoring was. Well, it, was it was a split decision. I remember it being a split decision. Yeah. So there's another judge there that I couldn't... I can't tell you who the other judge was. No, but because... It's, tr- it's, a, it like, so it's not just Ian John Lewis that's fault that of that, that one you know, way. You know the thing that did, what they did is, and this is what I'm guessing that um, Ian moved along, was is they took his star rating off of it. Yeah. yeah that was something to be proud of, to get a star rating, you don't get one of them. I mean, you know, he was, what, what was, his, the, was it the WBC? Referee, referee of the year. Of the year. Yeah. yeah. They don't give you that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope he gets, I hope he gets resolved and it's in his favour. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, I hope he, he, he has a, the rest of his career is lovely and I hope he ends up as happy go lucky as he always yeah. has yeah the um, the last thing obviously we like to ask our um, guests on and something I'm, I'll be really interested because in, you're going to have this prefer of knowledge um, we like to create our perfect fighter so like different attributes mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> I know it's going to be um, just like um, like boxing IQ if you were to pick one fighter with a boxing IQ well, do, are you talking about maybe people I've trained? No, anyone. Anyone, anyone past, present. Well, it can even be it is. Well, yeah. uh, you know, I'm going to be really, really boring. That's it. it. I, I, I'm going to, re- I mean, you know, and I know that, again, it, once again, with the internet world, it'll be a bone of contention. But uh, Mayweather, I mean, Mayweather, for me, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I don't care what anyone says. Uh, I think Floyd Mayweather. Mm. Given any time, and I don't, I know all the egos, and I know all the people that are going, oh yeah, he wouldn't have beat so and so, and all this sort of stuff. We, we, we can't, we can't judge it. Right? Yeah, his record stands up for himself. The only, the only person I think, uh, I, I mean, you know, correct me if I'm wrong because I haven't seen every single one of his fights, but it's Oscar de, de La Hoya gave him a proper fight, and I, and, I, and, I, and I think that was one that was a little bit. There was, uh, was it Juan Castello? There's one in his... Yeah, well, I think it was like uh, one... No, no, he didn't lose yeah, for what yeah. I'm saying, but... I know the dead are. Yeah. You know, oh, I mean, it's one of those yeah. ones. But, no, Floyd Mayweather, his boxing brain, his timing and everything. You've got to bear in mind about... I think it was about... I think I'm right in saying this, but, you know, I'm happy to be corrected. I think it was about maybe five years before he fought... Ricky Atten, he was telling everyone, I'm not the fighter I used to be. My body's breaking down through being at high, you know, high level yeah. competition. Mm. He said, My body's breaking down. I'm, I have a lot of work done on He's, me. So, so putting that into perspective to, to the level he continued to fight at yeah. right until the end, mm. 
And and just watch him. You know, I love aggressive counter punching, and you know, it's the thing that to me that is the art of boxing. It's a it's a beautiful thing. Um, you know, and you watch him slip, move, counter, turn. You know, yeah. change. You know, switch. <sighs> what mean, you know, what about footwork? Boxer with the best footwork, Eve. Boxer with the best footwork. Well, uh, I, I'm gonna. I, I don't know. It, it, to be honest with you, I don't in your, know. It don't know. I'm about you. No, I, you. I don't know, but I'm gonna tell okay. you one. I, I'll tell you someone where everyone should remember, and he deserves so much more respect because he's kind of forgotten about it a little bit more. But do you remember Errol Graham? Errol Graham. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there wouldn't be Nassim as uh, I mean, if there wasn't Errol, uh, if there weren't Errol Graham. Errol Graham nurtured Nas through. It was uh, all of his, as someone must mention before, uh, nursed him throughout the, his amateur career. He was at Brendan Ingalls gym. You know, uh, uh, he was a, he was the first person to fight how Nas fought. Nas was copying Errol Graham. He used to have his hands down. He used to go in the pub with his hands tied behind his back. And he'd give anyone a tenner if they could hit him. That's that's a <laughs> that's a legend in Sheffield. Oh, wow. Ask anyone, right? And he was amazing. He got absolutely iced by Julian Jackson. It's the worst knockout you've ever seen. It's the only fight I've ever seen where it shows in slow motion and his eyes are closed before he hits the ground. You know, he got absolutely iced by him, but he was boxing his ears off up until that point. But his footwork was good. Everything about him, his defensive stuff was second to none. Um, you know, he, he, people should be referring to him now, but he, he's kind of, it's, this just shows you the fickle business of boxing, really. You know, you seem to. Yeah. But there's someone I do, really do want to mention. He was me and my wife's best friend. Um, Andy Kidd was his trainer, and that was uh, Michael Wright, who boxed out of uh, St. Mary's Gym. Sadly, died a few yeah, I would like to say he died about five years ago, but it was probably much, much more than that. I, I mean, but he was our best friend. He was a brilliant boxer, boxed Naz in the amateurs. Mm. And I believe Naz mentions him in his autobiography as saying one of the hardest fights I ever had in the amateurs with St. Mary's was Michael Wright. Michael oh. Wright was the absolute business. Um, sadly, his lifestyle you know, ended his life early mm. and, and, and it's really, really sad. But he was me and Kelly's best friend used to come spend every weekend with us watching boxing and a couple of beers and used to come to the gym and train with us all and, you know, used to spar with everyone in the gym. And, you know, mm. it's, it, it, you know, such a shame. And then, of course, I uh, lost uh, one of my best friends, Tony Edwards as well, you know, uh, just over the last week or so. Yeah. And, we were absolutely, me and the wife were absolutely gutted over I mean, as was anyone that trained at the gym at that time you know but yeah all, all of those people uh, I mean yeah very very sad mm. alright um, yeah finished there I guess yeah, yeah it's, um, it's so for yeah thank you for joining us obviously Thanks, thank you it's really actually it. it's nice to like show. yeah it's um yeah it's been that never was you know. <laughs> 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 no it was good it was good to get um obviously just a perspective of a trainer's point of view we like the whole point of the podcast is just try and get as many different views for as many parts of boxing to try and because like you say casual fans maybe don't know stuff that happens maybe behind the scenes so it's nice to get different views and that's yeah, what we're, yeah, we're trying yeah. I to do I mean you know one of one of the things I do uh, you know I, I, I have loved about coaching is 
it's lovely to pass something on. You know, I mean, when, if you can pass someone on, um, you know, I have, I've trained people from nothing to pro, you know, and, and th- th- that's not a brag. It's just a thing that, you know, it's nice to know what you're doing works. Mm, yeah. You yeah. Know? And, you know, my motto is, is I can teach anyone something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that could be the tag for your episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you know, that, 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 that's, I believe I can. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I do love doing it. And, you know, in the course, I mean, all trainers will tell you this. And at some stage, you do have, it's a really, um, you know, power should not be abused. And you're in a really powerful position because you can change people's lives. So I've had good or the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. Um, just uh, to come and uh, come support us on Patreon, three pound a month. Also, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube. Uh, the Journeyman Stories. Thank Cheers. You. Sports Social Podcast Network.